0: Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm rejoicing. Are you? I thank God for the leadership and the council members to be sensitive to God. Today's worship and today's word, while I was sitting down there, I knew God it has to be you. It has to be you. God confirms His Word. Amen. Because I've titled today's message as Know Who You Are in Christ. Know who you are in Christ. In, to, in 2014 and 15, we went through the book of James. We did a word study on the book of James, and I've decided for 2016 and 17, God willing, if we are still here, I want to do a book study on the book of Ephesians. So we are going to run through the book of Ephesians for these two years maybe. And looking at it and seeing, know who you are in Christ, and seeing the first song come out, Because we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Amen? And that's very true. But before I can get to my message, I want to thank the pastoral team, the leaders, and all of you for praying for us last Friday. God is an awesome God. Amen? He is an awesome God. And I want to share this testimony on behalf of my wife and my children. To tell you how good our God is. We were preparing for our daughter's marriage in the church. She got she got registered and we were preparing for a marriage to take place in the church and we were not sure of the date. And finally the date was given on March sixth for the wedding to be held in March eleventh. That is an impossibility. But only because of God. Amen? Because of God. We had a wedding arranged in five days in our church back in our hometown. And we want to give all the glory to God because even the hall was filled that it was vacated at six o'clock and arranged for us. The church had a seminar, a fasting and prayer seminar going on for 21 days. And it was pushed and that part of the evening was kept for us. Everything we found that God kept his children to be a blessing to us. We are still not recovered from the blessing of God. And I know for sure it is your prayers. Everyone who stood with us to pray and to stand in this gap. May God richly bless you. The pastoral team, the leaders. They stood very close to me. They walked with me, visited us and prayed with us. And I thank each and every one of you for standing in the gap. And I pray that God will surprise you. Because those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Let us get back to the word. Let's bow our heads, please. Please bow your heads. Father, I pray that every word that you have in store today will be manifested in your children's lives. Fill me. Use me. Father, I pray that every word that proceeds from this place will not return void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which it goes forth. I pray that there will be no disturbance in whatever form. I pray that the enemy will not play with their minds, or they will not wander away. I pray that the enemy will not take control of their cell phones, but that they will give this time to God, to you. I pray that no disturbance will ever manifest in this room in Jesus' name. May every word that has been kept for your children, they will receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get to the word of God. I want to give an introduction to the book of Ephesians to you. So I've titled today's introduction as, Know Who You Are in Christ. An old American Indian legend tells a story of a brave who found an eagle's egg. And when he found this egg, he took it and he put it into the batch of some turkey eggs that he had. And all the eggs hatched, the eagle's egg hatched, the turkey's eggs hatched, and everyone started to grow. The eagle, by itself, walking with the turkey's, started to grow up and become just like a turkey. He did everything that the turkeys were doing, because he was one among them. He scratched the dirt for ground. He ate worms from the ground. He cluckled and gobbled just like a turkey. And he was an eagle. After a long time, the turkey grew up, and he grew very, very old. One day, as he was walking around with his friends, he looked up the sky and he seen the most magnificent bird flying far above the clouds, sowing against the wind. And this little eagle, thinking that he was a turkey, says, what a beautiful bird that is, that is flying beyond the skies. And he looked at them and he says, what is that? What is that? That's an eagle, told his buddies. But don't give it a second thought that you want to become like that eagle. You are just like us. You are a turkey. He never gave it a thought, he continued to live. Very soon he died scientists call this bizarre behavior as imprinting, but I call this identity crisis. That little turkey that grew up all its life only thought, it, that eagle thought it was a turkey. He never knew who he was. There are many Christians who have identity crisis within the body of Christ. And maybe some are still here, I will never know until the end of the message. God will reveal to you whether you are an eagle sowing high or still living as a turkey below. They have seen themselves as turkeys while God sees them as mighty eagles. They look at themselves as totally defeated and walking and living defeated lives. Well, God sees them as victorious children of His. They have conditioned themselves to talk, to think, to walk like turkeys. But they never forgot that they are a mighty eagle in God's hands. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, the Bible says, But those that wait upon the
1: Lord shall renew their strength.
0: Shall renew their strength.
1: They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They
0: shall mount up on wings like eagles.
1: They shall run and not be weary. Thank you, brother.
0: Now Ephesians is a wonderful book because it has given us to show us our true identity, to get us off the turkey cage and to put us in an eagle's wings. The book of Ephesians was written somewhere around 61 AD to 63 AD. That's the time. And Paul, who wrote to the church, to encourage the church, was in prison. Can you imagine what the people would have said? Here is this man writing this book. Look where he is. He's in prison and he's writing to encourage people. Normally, when we look at a brother who's in prison, we think he's condemned, he's a sinner, and he's gone against God's word. That's the reason he's in prison. We look at a brother who's going through difficulty, and we say, maybe there's a curse upon him. Yet, Paul was writing to the churches while still in prison. The city of Ephesus was located near the mouth of Caister River. It was the capital city of the Roman province of Asia. It was a very wealthy city, known for its political power, commercial business, and a great educational center. I'm giving you a deep outline about where Ephesus was. It was called the Queen's City of Asia at that time. A massive temple to Diana was built in that city. It was one of the seven wonders of that time, Ephesus. In Paul's days, the population of Ephesus was around 300,000 people. Yet, it was a city deep in paganism, deep in immorality, deep in wickedness. This great city that everyone looked at was in total chaos. In Acts chapter 16 verse 6, Paul was to commence his second missionary journey. You can write, you can note it down. And I would prefer you to take notes because since we are doing a Bible study, a word-to-word study, at the end of these two years, you will have a complete study in your hands. So take down notes. In Acts chapter 16, verse 6, we see that Paul was about to go on his second missionary journey. He thought of going to Asia, which is Ephesus, but the Holy Spirit did not allow him to go there. The Holy Spirit stopped him. Sometime later... The gospel reached Ephesus. And probably, according to scholars, it says it could have been Aquila and Priscilla who took the gospel there. In Acts chapter 18, verses 18 to 19, we see at the end of his second missionary journey, Paul finally makes it to Ephesus. And now he spends three years there... Preaching the gospel and helping the small baby church to get on its feet and to start walking or running. Later, after Paul's time was over, we find Timothy now, being an elder in the church, this church got into a lot of trouble. It's not because of Timothy, it is everywhere in churches. Number one, False teachers started to arise in the church. To example, Imenius and Alexander were the false teachers there. Now in one Timothy chapter one, verse twenty. One Timothy chapter one verse twenty. Now the church had problems on legalism. Have you noticed that's still the problem even now? It's everywhere. Legalism is number one within the churches. False doctrine. That's the reason you see so many churches breaking, because false doctrine has already crept into the church. Foolish argument among members. Not constructive, not to build, but foolish arguments taking place within the church. Do you find these things still happening? So here we see a young church with many problems that are taking place. Like my story where the eagle thought he was a turkey, this letter came to Ephesus. Number one, what they had in Jesus is covered. Number two, who they were in Jesus. Number one, what they had in Jesus. Number two, who they were in Jesus. And number three, how to spend what they possess in Jesus. Now as you know, God utilizes many metaphors to describe His people. God has always used metaphors to describe His people. He calls us the bride, number one. Number two, He calls us a family. Number three, He calls us a household. Number four, He calls us a kingdom. Number five, he calls us a flock. Number six, he calls us the vine or the branches. Number seven, he calls us a building. And now when Paul starts to write, Paul introduces the idea that the church is also a body. Paul says the church is the body of Christ. Let us now take our reading. We will turn to Ephesians chapter 1. We will read from verses 1 to 6 and study the Word.
1: Ephesians 1. I, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints and to who are, also faith, who are also faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you and peace from our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Wait one minute, brother. Now, you see verse 3. Did you see this verse come up just before the message? God has already confirmed it. So we know that this word that is coming to you is from above. I I earnestly beg you in the name of Jesus. Get out of your sleeping mood. Get out of it. Can you believe I can see a brother sleeping right now? I'm not even five minutes in my message. Don't let the enemy make you sleep. You have a long journey to do that. Let it not be today in Jesus name.
1: Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in, in, us in Christ in every spiritual blessing. Amen. Mm. In heavenly places, even as He has chosen us in Him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. He destined us in love to be His sons through Christ Jesus. According to his purpose and his will, to, praise of his, to, praise, to the praise of his glory and grace which, is, which has freely bestowed upon us in the beloved.
0: Amen. In this opening passage, we quickly learn four truths we are going to learn today. Number one, the first truth is, we are saintly people. Number one, and that is taken from verse 1 and 2. We are saintly people. Paul begins to identify himself, number one, as an apostle of Christ by the the will of God. Paul first identifies this, I am an apostle of Christ by the will of God. The word apostle means the one who is sent. The one who is sent. He was an apostle by the will of God. Paul did not become an apostle because of his education. He didn't become apostle because of his personality. Or because of his good looks. Do you know Paul was not a good looking man himself? He didn't become apostle because of that. God chose Paul to be an apostle. Paul was not trying to elevate himself above all the other believers when he said this. Or above all the other disciples while he said this. He was just wanted the church to know his credibility in Christ, His authority as an apostle was through the Lord Jesus Christ by the will of God. There are many people that appoint themselves as Bishop Claudie, Pastor Claudie, Prophet Claudie. Just because they belong to a certain organization, they call, they call themselves Prophet and Priest and Bishops. Or just because they've gone through some type of education, college, they call themselves a prophet and a priest. And now it's very prevalent in the churches now. Can you see the chaos that is taking place? If one brother is angry with somebody, he'll call five, says, okay, you're a good swindler, you become accountant. You talk too much, you become, you, uh, you become the, uh, the preacher. I know little of the word of God, I'll take pastor position. They begin a the church. Everywhere. But, brethren, one must receive his calling from the Lord Jesus Christ only through the will of God. If you're getting a calling, if somebody calls and tells you, can you become Bishop Claudie, you'll say, wait, I have to hear from God first. Amen? We need to ask ourselves a question. I want you to do me a favor. This is, I'm led by the the Holy Spirit to do this. I want you to bow your heads for just one minute while I'm going to ask you certain questions. Please. Let us do this according to what the Lord wants today. I want you to just bow your heads. Please don't look at me. There are some searching questions that I would like to ask all of us, including myself. And as you bow your head and as these questions come, I want you to ask yourself, number one, what am I doing? Is it God's will? Right now, in this last However, in this last week, in this last month, in the last few years, whatever you're doing, number one, is it God's will? Ask yourself that question. Number two: can you say that your work and your profession are of God, that you are in the right place where God wants you to be? Ask yourself that question. Please. Please don't look at me. Please don't look at me. You're going to make a commitment. Because many of you are wondering where you are. And ask yourself, am I in the right place where God wants me to be? And if you answer yes to this question and say yes, Brother Claudie, I am in the right place. And then I will ask you a question. Why are you complaining in what God, or where God has put you? When was the last time you complained about your job? When was the last time you complained about your ministry? When was the last time when you were given an assignment, you complained and you pushed it off? If you answer yes to that question. My third question is, are you working and serving God where He has put you? Or are you where you want to be? Please, we are still in the time of of checking our hearts. My last question now. Are we in God's will or are we out of God's will? Father, I pray that these questions that have just been asked, that you will give us the grace to ponder over these questions, Daddy. And help us to understand where we are right now. And we want to be in the center of your will. And if, if any one of us is not there in the center of your will, Father, we ask you to pluck us out. Pluck us out and put us where you have in store for us to be. Even if we are having the best job, Lord. And if that is not your will. Pluck us out. Pluck us out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Christians are called to be saints. Now, according to Paul in Romans chapter 1, let's. See that? It says in Romans chapter 1 verse 7, what? We are called to be saints. Now, we are not called to be saints after our death. Everywhere you see saints, Paul, St. Saint James, St. Claudie, after death. But I'm going to show you the Bible that you are called to be a saint before you die. No, amen. You don't want to be saints. The word saint does not refer to certain few pious people who put long robes, long beard, grow their hair. That's not what saints mean. If they do it, there's nothing wrong. Okay, I'm not finding fault with them. The word saint is a reference to God's people, number one, who are born again. Amen? Who are spirit-filled, who are washed by the blood of the Lamb. Saints are people... Whose lifestyle has been totally changed. Who live under the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. And every born again child of God is a saint. In Jesus name. The word saint means set apart. Sacred. Holy. I want you to ask yourselves this question. Are you set apart? Are you sacred? Are you living a holy life? Ask yourself that question. And if there is a question that arises in your heart, now you can say, God, I need to change my lifestyle. I need to change my lifestyle. And as a saint, you need to be a follower of Christ. Living only to serve your creator. Amen? When God saved us, He set us apart for His service and He declared you and me holy. The moment He saved us, He declared you holy. Look at your brother and say, "You are holy." holy. But don't go out of the church and say He's unholy. no okay? It is very interesting that once the person saves, is saved, He is no longer called a sinner. Do you know that? Now, I want to encourage you. Please, for God's sake, when you get out of this place, if you look at a child of God, don't call him a sinner. The Bible does not call him a sinner. The Bible calls him a saint when he, when he gives his life to Christ. We should praise God that we are no longer called sinners, but called saints and recognized by God to be saints. Paul refers to these as saints that are supposed to be faithful. What is a saint supposed to do? He's supposed to be faithful. True saints are people whose lives are characterized by the lifestyle of faithfulness. If you stop being faithful, you need to examine yourself. We are not saved to, We are not saved because we are faithful. Rather, we are faithful because we are truly saved. You got that? We are faithful because we are truly saved. There is a difference in being in Christ... And being in the world. There's a difference. Notice in verse 2, it says... See, look at verse 2, what it says. In in, in. Christ. You see that? This phrase or a similar to this, there are 15 times mentioned in the book of Ephesians. This means that who we are, what we possess, and the position we occupy as Christians is a direct, uh, it's a direct result Of our relationship or our position in Christ. Amen. Jesus said that we are in the world. But we are not of the world. We are from above. You were born by earthly parents in this world. But you are reborn by your heavenly father. For a citizenship citizenship to heaven. Amen? Amen. There are Christians. Therefore. We have to understand the first thing that I am in Christ. As citizens of heaven, God has given us two things as citizens of heaven. Do you know what that is? Grace and peace. No matter what you are going through, God gives you the grace and he will give you the peace to go through the situation till you reach heaven. Amen? Let us read verse 3 quickly.
1: Blessed be God, of our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Now, grace reminds us
0: of God's undeserved goodness, not our sister grace, okay? God's grace, okay, reminds us of our undeserved goodness and favor. We, you, do you know that we deserve nothing? We don't deserve it. It is only the grace of God that we are, who we are, we are what we are. Amen? My second point, we are blessed. Verse 3 says, God has blessed us with, with all. If you have that in your Bible, please underline it. With all spiritual blessing in heavenly place. Where? In? You see that? Not little, not ten, but in all spiritual blessing, the word blessed is proclaimed a message of praise of God's goodness. Paul begins his list of blessing by saying, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 19 verse 17, Matthew 19 verse 17, he says, no one is good except God. No one is good except God. Because God is good, you know what we are supposed to do? We are supposed to sing praises and worship Him because He's a good God. Amen? And that's the reason, you know, when we know our God is a good God, we are, inab- we are able to sing that song. Bless the Lord, oh my
2: soul, oh my soul. Bless his holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul,
0: worship his holy name, amen. And we can continue to sing, how great is our God, sing with me.
1: How, how great. great. Amen.
0: It's is our God. And.
2: All how great
0: Amen. How great. Is our God. Because God is good, our soul is able to sing. And we saw that song today. It was, it was sung. Because God is good, our soul is able to rejoice in Him. And we are able to say, God, You are a good God. You are a wonderful God. You are a prayer answering God. Because our God is good. Now, because of our God's goodness, He has blessed us with all spiritual blessing. In Psalms 37, verse 25, Psalms 37, verse 25, the Bible says, High I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Mm. Mm. Somebody said, if God has given us heaven, will he not surely give us everything till we reach that place? Correct? He is going to give us heaven. Correct? If I am going to give you a house, will I not make sure that you receive the key? Will I not make sure to take you to my house and say, this is your house. So God has given us heaven. He will make sure, he will provide you everything to make it to heaven in Jesus name. Amen. Even in Romans chapter 8 verse 32, the Bible says, He that spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us? If you have all things, please underline that in your Bible. Here is a verse that you can claim. He has given you all things. Since God did not hold back or refrain from giving us His Son for us, would He not give us everything in order to reach heaven? Now, one thing I want to show you. Number one, what do we have now at the moment? We know that Jesus has gone to heaven. What do we have? We have His Word and we have His Spirit. He has given us his word and he has given us the spirit to help us to reach heaven. You see that? That's the reason you need the word of God and you need the spirit of God to be dwelt in you. So that these two will help you to reach heaven. And if you are missing one of them, today you can say, God, there is something that I am missing. I am not able to read your word. I am struggling with your word continuously. Oh God, I am anointed with your spirit, but I am no longer walking in, spirit, in the spirit, but I am walking after my own flesh. The Bible says, I am a new creation. When are you a new creation? Now. The Bible doesn't say tomorrow you are a new creation. The moment you give your life to Christ, you are a new creation. Amen? The The eagle never realized that he was an eagle, but always thought that he was a turkey and he behaved like that. I want you to get out of that, that cage. That's the bondage that is holding you and making you think, walk, live like a turkey. And all your life, don't die. Don't die as a turkey. If you are to die and God is to call you, die as an eagle and not as a turkey. It is written, I can do all things through Christ to strengthen me. It doesn't say that I will do all things. It is now, I can do all things. Amen. Many times we ask God, what God has already blessed us. I am going to show you the spiritual blessings now. God has blessed us with spiritual blessings, okay? I'm going to show you some. Some of you struggle with love, correct? No answer comes. You struggle to love your wife, no? And women? You struggle to love your husband. The, you know what was the first thing when I came? I said, how did the marriage seminar go? And it says, oh, lot of women were firing, firing, firing the men. I said, see, they, 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 they get the right place to fire the man. That's what I heard. Now, you women, sorry to just say that, you are struggling to be loved. Correct? You want to be loved. Shake your heads at least, no? (laughs) Talk to me. You feel your husband doesn't love you. You feel the man or the woman who who, who you are walking with and you want to get married, there's no love. First day, first month, sister shaking her head, no love from the husband. (laughs) So we say, God... I want love, but I want to show you what God has given us all. Number one, turn to Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Look at it, and let us see the scripture, what God has revealed to us, and for some reason, we do not realize it because we are still turkeys gobbling around. Number one, look at Romans chapter 5, verse 5.
1: And hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love Hmm. has been poured into Ah, our hearts.
0: You see, God, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. So you have the love of God. Amen? Amen. So today when you go and you, as you're driving with your husband, you can tell him, I love you with the love of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Ladies, just tell that man once. And you see what will happen. New, new dress, new perfume will come for you. Do you know man... I, let me share, this is truth. Many men feel that they
1: are not loved. Many men feel that they are not loved.
0: When was... Okay, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you told your husband you love him? Maybe because of the seminar. Did it happen, pastor? Ah, Okay. Before the seminar, did you ever tell your husband you loved him? When Okay, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you held your husband's hand? Maybe just to climb the step, you caught his hand. True. When was the last time to wives, I want to ask you this question, to husbands, I want to ask you this question, even children are here. When was the last time you hugged your husband or your wife before you slept? And you asked God, give me love. God says, I've given you that love. Jesus embraces us while we are
2: still sinners.
0: You want your husband to be right, you want your wife to be right, and then you will hug him. But Jesus says, come unto me, all who are labor and heavy laden, I will hug you. He died while we were still in While we were wretched, while we were doing the worst things, he hung on the cross for you and me. How much more you should do it for your husband or your wife or your children. Number one, we ask God for peace. God, no peace after I'm marrying this man. I don't know how to spell peace also. I can spell pieces from peace. Only pieces are coming in my life. No peace. But I want to show you what, what, what the Lord says. See, look at it. Go to John chapter 14 verse 27. Quickly, let us see. Let us see God's word. John chapter 14 verse 27.
1: Peace. Peace I leave unto
0: you. One minute. Did he say I will give it later? See, that's God's word. Let us, let us claim God's word. It says, peace I leave, leave with, you. with you. When he was leaving, he gave us peace. He lavished peace on you and me. And he says what? My peace so, I give, give to, to you. you. So if you're struggling and you have no peace, the Bible has given you a promise. I have given you my peace. No matter what your boat is going through. No matter there are tides, no matter there is wind, no matter there is sickness, no matter they have told that you are going to die in 24 hours, but you still have the peace of God knowing that you are going to be in heaven. when you close your eyes here? Amen. No situation, no circumstances can rob your peace from you in Jesus name. Amen. No matter what you are going in your family life, no matter Alleluia. what you are going in your job, Alleluia. God is giving you the peace that overcomes Alleluia. every problem in your life in Jesus Amen. name. That's the assurity you and I have in Hallelujah. Christ Jesus. His peace. His peace. His peace.
1: Amen. And
0: the world cannot rob it from you in Jesus' name.
1: Amen.
0: You say you have never had joy. After that man come, you're, bec- you're gone to pieces and there's no joy in your marriage. Do you know? Many people say that. If, I'm, if the pastoral team is to go to sit with each of you, you will say, Brother, Pastor, my joy is gone. But God says, even in all situations, in all circumstances, I will give you my joy. Even though you're drowning and you know this is your last breath, still you will have the joy of the Lord in Jesus' name. Let us look at a scripture to see where joy is given. John chapter 15, verse 11. John
1: These chapter, things have I spoken unto you. Yes. That my joy well, may minute. be filled One, in Whose joy? My joy.
0: Christ has promised to give you His joy. Not your wife's joy. Yeah. Not Sister joy's also. Yeah. Okay? He's going to give you His joy. Yeah. Because if you take my joy or my, my wife's joy, it will not last. But if you take the joy of Christ, it will last for eternity in Jesus' name.
2: Yeah. Amen. 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 He'll
0: give you His joy and He'll give you His joy. Happiness and his peace. Now, many of you are praying for wealth, correct? Nobody saying yes. If you don't answer, your wealth will go away. Be careful. I am warning you. You all want to be wealthy, correct? Ah, let us go to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and see. God says, I will give you wealth. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. Even if we don't have time to finish the message, we will do part 2 later. Yes, brother? Deuteronomy. Anybody who's got Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18? Quickly read that verse.
2: Mm.
0: Mm. Ah, wait. gives you Power. power for what? To get wealth. You see that? And we say, I have no power. God says, I have given you power, what? To become wealthy. Claim this verse. You don't have to live like a beggar. God, you have given me power to gain wealth. Now, take don't they say, take that verse and go and sleep and say, I have power, wealth will come to me. Something else will come on you. Your wife's on, on stick will come. Number three, look here. Now, I want to show you the main thing. God has given us everything.
2: Everything that you require
0: in the heavenlies. Let us quickly turn to 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3.
1: His divine power,
0: His divine power has granted to us, has granted God's divine power, now has granted to us what? All things.: have you have your Bible brother. Have you got that in your Bible? Hmm. Yes. Mark it. Some of you don't have Bibles also. How will you mark what you don't have? All things the Bible says. That That pertains
1: to life and Ah. godliness.
0: See, now those things are not for lustfulness. To life and godliness. Godliness. So when you get wealth, remember to live godly. Don't live like the Edens. Mm. That's the secret of it. If you get wealth and you live like your neighbor who is beside you, you are in trouble. The Bible says to pertain to life and and godliness. godliness. Now, wait. How many of you sit in the, in, in the congregation, you look at maybe Pastor Sean dancing, you want to be like him. You look at another pastor praying and people getting healed. Correct? You see that, correct? You see it on TV, correct? No, answer again.
1: Yes.
0: You see that on TV. What you desire in your heart, how I wish I can have that authority. How I wish,
1: this there, Correct?
0: We only look for someone else's wife authority and someone else's job. We tra- The Bible, I'm going to show you what the Bible says here. Look, look at uh, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Look, and I'm going to show you that God has given you all authority. Not little. All authority. To what? To trample on? Behold, huh?
1: I have given you authority.
0: Ah, wait. I have given. Is the authority given? Yes. Yes, you already have the authority that is given to you. Hmm. Now you you, don't take that authority and get the person that you don't like dismissed from your work. (laughs) That's not the authority for. See what the authority is for.
1: Read it, brother. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. Over. And nothing shall hurt you. Amen. You have been given
0: all authority. So when you walk out of this church, or even before you can walk out of this church, walk with your chest high, with your head lifted up, because you know who you are in Christ Jesus. All authority that is in heaven, everything, is yours in Jesus' name. All you have to do is say it, and it will be yours in Jesus' name. Authority to trample over snakes and scorpions, not authority to get the wrong things from someone else. We take the authority and want something else from someone else. Now, Ephesians 2, verse 6. Ephesians. It says that and God has raised already raised
1: us up with Him. God has already raised us up with Him. Where? To? And made us to sit with Him in heavenly places. Now,
0: where are you seated? In Christ Jesus. Yearn and bread of life. <laughs> in the this, in this spiritual realm?
1: In heavenly places. So that's the reason Christ you
0: be careful what you speak. You be careful what you hear. You be careful what you think. Because you are seated with the king of kings and the lord of lords. You are supposed to behave like a prince and princess of Christ. We are seated in heavenly, but we are thinking earthly. The enemy has played with our minds. Even though we are seated in the heavenly realms, but we are walking as turkeys. Do you know that you're fit for heaven? Only two, yes. Hey, listen, come on, be with me. You're fit for heaven. Yes. yes, we are fit for heaven. If the rapture takes place, we are going home. And hallelujah for that. You and I are fit for heaven. That's the reason He's given us His Word, that's the reason He's given us His Holy Spirit. And he's prepared us, He has geared us, and he says, you are getting ready to come with me, my child. Don't live as turkeys. Turkeys are good to be cooked and eaten. My third point. We are chosen people. Amen? Yes. Tell your brother you're a chosen person. Tell your sister you're a chosen person. Amen? Tell him. Tell him. Because when you tell him, it's your portion in Jesus' name. If you don't tell the other person you're you're fit for heaven, you're not chosen, you will not be chosen yourself. Be careful of what you say. Let us turn our Bibles to John chapter 15, verse 16. John 15, verse 16.
1: You did not choose me.
0: Ah, wait. One minute. One minute. Did you choose God first? The Bible says, you did not choose me. But... I have chosen you. But I have chosen you. I am going to show you when we were chosen. Okay,
1: continue brother. And appointed you. Ah, not only I have chosen you, now I appointed you. That you should go and bear fruit. Wait, one minute brother. I have chosen you,
0: now I appointed you, but I have given you a task. And what is the task?
1: That you should go and bear fruit.
0: Now, wait. Honestly ask yourself, are you bearing fruit? Now you look at your neighbor and say, Are you bearing fruit? I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you a reality. Where is fruits? Don't say Lulu. Please. Somebody is saying Lulu. That means Lulu, that man is a man in Christ. Fruits are on tree, correct? Are you branch? Correct? Now... Pastor, come, Pastor. I like to choose them. I can't call Pastor Abraham or Leslie. This is tree, okay? And a lot of fruits are hanging here. Beautiful tree, okay? Now, when I see this tree, and if I want that fruit, the fruits are high. I can't reach it. What I will do? Stick a stone, and I fling it. What happens? Fruit burst, and it's hurtful for the tree. So when this tree is hurt, And when I slander this brother, what comes out of his mouth? May God bless you for hurting me. Father, forgive him that he has hurt me today. Fruits are on tree. And when when you hurt the tree, beautiful fruits. When I eat that fruit, wow, I can't believe I slandered him. I said bad things about him. And yet he blessed me. Yet when I came to church, he came and shook my hands. And he says, God bless you. God bless you, Pastor.
2: You
0: you. You are supposed to be bearing fruit. And that fruit is supposed to be sweet so that when I throw a stone at you, you will smile back and say, God bless you. But what do we do in return? The moment a stone is thrown, we tell ten people. Listen, we all make mistakes, correct? But we learn from mistakes. We don't live and continue in those mistakes. Paul says plainly that God has chosen us. Now, I want to show you a verse very carefully, okay? This is the verse is talking about that it is God's desire that all people are to be saved. Everyone are to be saved. People have difficulty reconciling the fact that God has chosen them because of His love. He loves you. That's the reason he has chosen. The Bible clearly teaches that man must first choose God. Uh, Let me ask you a question. If I'm having a wedding and I tell you, all are invited for my banquet wedding, correct? You have a choice to make. You have a choice to say, I will come for the wedding. Or you can say, I just am going to get married. I will not be able to come for your wedding because I have to go see my bride. You know, all those guys told lies. I bought oxen. I have to go see it. How can you buy something that you have not seen? You understand? I am going to buy a field. You think you will buy a field without seeing it? I was talking to a friend only two days ago, and the friend said, "I am going abroad. I am going to buy a house. I am come to you. Can you give me advice if I can buy the house?" I said, "I will not give you advice. First, go see the place." How can you invest $160,000 and you even do not know what you are investing it on? You got that? Be careful when you are giving advice for somebody in the name of Jesus. Go buy the house. He will come and hit you if that house collapses tomorrow. Okay, be a little careful. Now, God has called you. The calling has already been given to you and me. It is our duty to accept it or we can reject it. It's our duty. Amen. Let us look at let us look at a scripture. Romans ten thirteen.
1: Romans ten thirteen. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be, will be saved.
0: You saw, see that some people think only God has predestined only some to 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 eternal life, some to damnation. But the, other, the Bible says the Bible says for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you need to call upon the name of the Lord in order to be saved. But what is our duty? What is our duty? It's Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Thank you. We are to go and preach to who? To every creature. So, salvation is open to all. Choice is made by us. You got that? At the same time, the Bible clearly teaches that God has chosen us first. You did not choose God. Jesus said in John chapter 6, look at John chapter 6 verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Amen? Draws him. Mm -hmm. Now one question is, he chose us in him, when? Before the? Do you know what that means? Even before Genesis 1-1 was written, you and I were chosen. Have you seen that? Before he could even make the universe. Before he could fling the stars into space. Before he could call the animals. Before everything didn't exist. And when it was God and God alone, he called you and me. But the choice is yours. To accept that call. Amen? Amen? Amen. The choice is yours. Now, my first point. God chose us to be, number one, God chose us to be, verse 4b. See, verse 4b, it says, God has chosen us to be holy. Holy. You see, the first thing is, you are supposed to live a holy life. If you are a saint, a living saint, you are supposed to live a holy life. And what? Not only a holy life. A blameless life. You seen that? Before whom? Before Him. Before God. Now see, you can live a holy life, you can live a blameless life, your brethren will find fault with you. But if you are right in the sight of God, and you know what you are doing is in line with God's word, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Everyone hated Jesus, yet He was doing the will of God. Number two, We are an adopted people. Verse 4D and verse 5. We are an adopted people. A. We are adopted because of God's love. We are adopted because of God's love. He predestined and appointed us as sons and daughters. Do you know why God did it? Because He loves us. Amen? Amen. God loves you. Amen. Tell your brother or your sister, God loves you. No matter what you are going through, God loves you. Now, I want to show you one more thing. He gave us not only spiritual blessings, not only the spiritual blessing in the heavenly, He gave us His very nature. That's what I showed you, the example of the tree. Because you have the nature of Christ, you behave like Him. Amen. My next point, we are adopted according to His will and good pleasure. It was God's pleasure to adopt us. How many of you find pleasure when your child is small? You know, when they are crawling, when the first words come, beautiful pleasure. When they grow, no pleasure. (laughs) Then you measure them, you start measuring them. I can't believe this child has done this. Then your heart starts to break. But when they are small, beautiful. They'll do the silliest thing. Oh, lovely this child is. He's an angel. And we come up with this baby lamb. Choo-choo-choo. Poo-poo-poo. All that baby lamb. All that nonsense. We talk. And when the child grows up, we condemn that child. He's still the same child. God loves us no matter when we are a baby and as we are growing up. He never condemns us. He never, never throws us. He doesn't take the rod to hit us every time we do wrong. He will use the wrong when you, when you go beyond your level. Next point. We are adopted for His praise. Do you know that you are adopted to praise God? The first song that we sang. We are called to praise God. See, when you see Sean Pastor Sean dancing, lift your leg also. God will give you dancing shoes. The problem is you don't put your dancing shoes. That's the reason you can't dance. Say, God, I want to cover that 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 gift that this man has. I love dancing. I'm scared sometimes because I can't outbeat Pastor Sean. Next point: We are we are an accepted people. Amen. Verse six: You and I are an accepted person. Listen, I want to show you this. Listen, your family can reject you. Your mother and father can reject you if you do wrong. Knowingly or unknowingly, they can reject you. Your friends can reject you if you do wrong. If I do wrong today, even the council can reject me. If any wrong I do, the council immediately can reject me or correct me. But that's not so with God. That's not so with God. I want to show to you, He has accepted you and me. While we were still it Even though where you are now, wherever you are, whatever state you are in, no matter what life you are living right now, God has accepted you. He has given you the call. God says, Come, come. I will accept you. No matter what wrong you have done. Listen,
1: let us quickly look at one verse, John six thirty seven. John six thirty seven. All the Father gives me hmm. I will come will come to me. And him who comes to me, ah. I will not cast out. Brothers and sisters, today I want to throw this challenge at you.
0: If you come to Christ today, no matter what be your state, I will never reject you. No matter how far you have gone, no matter what sin you are, no matter you have rejected him, no matter what type of life you are living, no matter even if you are living a double standard life, today... Today, today if you come to Him, mm. He says, I will never you know reject you. you. Amen? Amen. Let us give Him a clap offering because He says, I will never reject you. <laughs> One more thing He says. When you come to Me, He says, and if you confess your sins, give it and if you confess your sins, I am a faithful God. No matter how far, how deep you are in sin, I will, re- I will receive you. Amen? Yes. Let us bow our heads. I want to lead you into a prayer. No matter how far you have gone, let us take this time as a very serious time. God says, If you come unto me, and if you confess your sins to me, I will receive you. If any of you do not know Christ... And you want to give your life because God has given you a surety today. I will never reject you. Please try not to be talking. It's a very, very solemn time. Just raise your hands and say, God, I want to know you. I want to give my life. I'm living a life of sin. And if there's any one of you, you are a child of God. You are born again. You are spirit filled. But for some reason you're living your own life. You have gone back to your old lifestyle. And everything of the world has captured your heart. And there is no room for God. I want you to raise your hands. Let it be between you and God. God bless you. You can put your hand down. God bless you. Please don't look around. Please don't look around. Please. I beg you. If you are struggling. And you are not where you are supposed to be right now. You are out of the will of God right now. Raise your hands to God and say, God, I want to be in the center of your will. I've gone away somewhere. I'm not in the center of your will. God bless you. Put your hand down, my brethren. Just raise your hand for a second and put it down. I want you to say this prayer after me. Or if you have, you could also pray. I want you to hold the person's hand next to you. And let us pray for one another and say, God, I want to come back to you. I am far away. I am struggling. Father, I lift up every child in this house. The ones who want to give their life and the ones who are struggling for various reasons. I pray that you will give us grace to return back to you. Help us to know who we are in you. We have lived all our life as turkeys, Lord God, but give us grace to live as eagles, Master. Father, give us grace the, all the authority that is in heaven. Today I pray that the authority will be bestowed upon your children today. I pray, Lord God, the full the full authority that is in heaven and that is in, in you will be bestowed upon your children. Give us grace to be returned back to you, Father. Lord, this is our heart's cry, Daddy. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will give us grace to return back to you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
3: Shall we stand up as we bring the service to a close? But I still want you to think on the words you have just heard over the last 45 minutes or so. And I want you to continue on that thought. Do you know who you are in Christ? That's the question we started with. Do you know who you are in Christ? Or are you struggling with an identity crisis? It's not about your neighbor, it's about you, it's about me. As an individual, as a person, do I know who I am in Christ? Am I going through an identity crisis? The Bible tells us in Genesis 1:26 that God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. And what did He want us to have? He wanted us to have dominion over every other created entity. That was God's will. That is what God wants you and me to be. Do you know who you are in Christ? You are the image of God. God is telling you that. And therefore, Ask yourself a next question Are you living As God wants you to live Or are you living As your neighbor wants you to live Remember You are A saintly people You are A blessed people You are a chosen people And you are an adopted people That's what we learned today Go back to Ephesians chapter 1 Verses 1 and 6 1 to 6 Study them again Get into the word Understand who you are in Christ Father God we want to say thank you Lord Thank you Father God For reminding us of our identity Lord Father We are not in any identity crisis Lord Father Thank you, Lord, that you have reminded us again that we are your children, created in your image. Created to have dominion over every other creation of yours, Lord, Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that every one of us will recognize that authority that you have given us, Lord. Will recognize that kingship that we have when we have been adopted as your children, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that we will live lives of victory, Lord Father. That we will not be defeated people, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your Son who you have used this day, Lord Father. For bringing your word across to us and for reminding us who we are, Lord. We ask, Lord, that your anointing continue to be poured upon him as he teaches us from your word, Lord Father. Father God, we ask for your blessings on him and his family, Lord Father. That you will continue to be with them, minister unto them, Lord. Father God, we commit each one of us into your hands, Lord Father. You have taught us this day, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that those words that you have taught us will ring in our minds as we step out, Lord Father. We thank you, we praise you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore Amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.